1: Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back, Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by icon, trailblazer, community leader, actress, musician, comedian, and everything above, the one, the only, Miss Margaret Cho! Hi, welcome. Welcome. How are you? Happy New Year. What is going on?
2: Happy New Year.
1: Are you are you a New Year's person? Do you do like this major like it's the start of the year. Let me do my New Year's resolutions.
2: No, um, I actually don't have any resolutions. I never I don't really I'm not like a necessarily like a holiday kind of person really either. Um, if I could have a holiday, I think I would just like to have Halloween every day. So I love candy and horror movies and, um, black cats and, uh, but that you know, I, I like the idea of like a reset. So new year's is a kind of like, it's an exciting idea that we could reset. Although it feels like we went back in time. It feels like, you know, now it's 2020 again, which is very weird, <laughs>
1: It's a little weird. I'm not a holiday person either. The worst stars my birthday, and New Year's is probably the absolute worst. So we are so aligned as yes. far as that goes. Yes. Well, listen, New Year, new Hulu film. I've watched Sex Appeal. I loved it.
2: Oh, great. Yes, I love it. It's really fun.
1: Tell me about how you got involved with this. Ma Deb, she's one of the three mothers in this film. It's so fun.
2: I love it. And um, I just uh, got the script, and I... Fell in love with it. It just was so funny and um, just so interesting. You know, it it's something like I love the genre of uh, the coming of age film, and I love movies like this. And you know, I love like um, this take on it. You know, this is a new take on weird science. It's like a new take on the John Hughes classic films of the eighties where. You have a totally female centric, totally feminist, and um, really great, great, interesting story that's coming out of a place that you know needs to needs to happen. But it's also a classic genre.
1: When I was watching this, I literally had in big capitals as well. I'm like John Hughes. This reminds me of like the old school John Hughes movies.
2: Yes, yes, and oh, but in a way that's like a really great update, a reimagining of it where. Um, you know, John Hughes' movies were always really important to me. But when I look back, I think about how problematic they are. You know, how difficult uh, it is to kind of come to terms with the race issues, with the weirdness that he's kind of embodying so much interest in this young girl. And it, it is like an older person looking at a younger person. Whereas this film is really of like, let's all grow up together.
1: I would agree with all of that. Like when you do look back at some of the John Hughes films, you're like, does this really withstand the test of time? Like we're in a different period. And when you look back, I mean, they're classics, but. Well, you always have
2: to look back at all. I think all film in the same way of like, I guess it, in the in the way that things, certain things can't really age um, in, in the way that we would like them to. But uh, th- this is a good way of kind of like taking all the things that we love about films like that and
1: updating it. Speaking of John Hughes and films from the past, when you look back to the beginning of your career, like coming onto the comedy scene in San Francisco and, you know, opening for Jerry Seinfeld and, you know, appearing in The Golden Palace, which was, was a great show. <laughs> yes. Does that seem like, you know, yesterday to you? Do, you? do you have vivid memories of that time? Or are you like, who was, who, who is that woman?
2: Oh, it both feels like Yesterday. And I don't know her <laughs> like it's like a very right. um, weird thing where uh, I, I remember all of them very clearly. But at the same time, I can't believe I did that um, when I was on Golden Palace, um, which was a spinoff to the Golden Girls without B. Arthur. And so that show had everything in it. It had um, three of the Golden Girls, of course, Betty White and Estelle and Rue. And then it had uh, Don Cheadle
1: <laughs> right. and
2: it had Cheech Marin and um, Quentin Tarantino actually was on it earlier in the season um, that I was in uh, playing an Elvis impersonator, which is such a crazy thing. So that was our sitcom thing that we shared. But um, yeah, I, I really loved being on that show. It was one of my first jobs that I ever did. And um Betty White was so iconic because she was actually pretty young. I mean, she was like probably in her 70s at that point, but seemed so youthful. And um, just with a tight, hard, like 80s body and like slim flare pants. And uh, she had a water bottle that she had in a net on on a sling. So very bandolier style before iphones it was very cool
1: betty white ahead of her time right she
2: was way ahead of her time in so many ways and um you know i have gotten to meet her and um i really i wish that she could have been around to see a hundred i actually participated in the hundred uh birthday celebration oh wow so we had done that all like over the past year and so Hopefully, um, I mean I know that it'll still be out there, but it's it's it, it would have been great to have her there to share it.
1: I know, like so close. The yeah. Golden Palace was one of those shows, like gone before its time. It was so good; it should have lasted longer.
2: Well, we needed B. Arthur. That's the thing is that B. Arthur was really um, such the important element that. <laughs> You know, she was mauled before everybody else, you know, she was really, she was really a star. Um, So I think that's what they needed.
1: I think so. Well, another show gone before its time was All American Girl, ABC. Right, Right, You know, like when you look back and I like, I've read a lot of things and I've heard all the interviews you've done, you know, where, you know, you've talked about how like the network said, you know, you were too Asian, you were not Asian enough, you were too overweight. I mean, like, how do these conversations, you know, I mean, would this show, like, let's picture 2022, like, what if All-American Girl, like, this show was so ahead of its time? Like, I think today it would be such a hit.
2: It would have been. I mean, but, it, you know, this was, like, in 1994, so this is, like, 28 years ago, almost. You know, it's a very different time and something that I, I wonder if I would have, like, stayed with comedy. If the show had been a success and had a long run, I don't know if I would have worked on my stand-up comedy as much as I did. So in a, in a sense, it's a trade-off, and um, I feel like the career that I have now has been far more enduring. I don't know, like, I think, oh, well, if the show had um, gone on to do a lot more than maybe, we would have had more Asian American presence in television and film from then on. You know, because after All American Girl was canceled, there really was no Asian American representation on television for another 20 something years. So, so, you know, it's really like, I wish that we had done more, but at the same time, maybe I wouldn't have done as much as a comedian.
1: That's such a good point. I didn't even think of it that way. Why? Because you would have been, you know, a quote unquote TV star and could have gone on to God knows how long that show could have lasted and you could have gotten other roles and who knows. I
2: would have had, I would have had my own cruise line. I would have had my own golf classic. Who knows? All of the lesbian businesses that I could have had a signature Crocs um, you know, a collaboration. I could a Crocs Lueve um, <laughs> collab.
1: I love it, but then we wouldn't have had on um, the one that I want. So I mean, right. what would we do without that?
2: Right. So it, it's like, I don't think I would have worked as hard as a comedian. I don't think I would have been inspired or wouldn't have needed to go back to like really trying to develop. Cause I was, I was a comedian before then, but I had just done a lot of like television and just started headlining. So I wasn't really as experienced at taking my life experiences. Cause I basically had none. I was 24 and I had so little to kind of go on. And doing television really kind of gave me an education in life. And so it helped me be a better comedian overall.
1: That makes a lot of sense. When you look back at, like I said, like I'm the one that I want notorious show, like do you have a favorite of your standups or is that like asking you, Is that like asking a mother to choose amongst her children. You know,
2: I love them all. And I'm like, really like amazed to like, um, oh, like, I'm like, oh, wow, I was a really good comic. Like, (laughs) I was like way better than I realized. You know, we sort of take a lot of ourselves for granted. And then when you look back, you're like, hey, that's pretty great. So um, I'm appreciative of it. I think they're all pretty great. I love all the work that I've done. And I'm still like trying to aspire to do better and greater.
1: And you're back out on the road now.
2: Yes. Although a little bit of a delay because of... um, I had some dates scheduled for January, which I've postponed just because I I don't know what's happening. Like I'm so, you know, Miss Omicron is coming for everybody. She's, you know, she's not letting it go. She's not mm-hmm. del Delta wasn't enough. This is like Netflix. I mean
1: but Omicron is not playing around.
2: No. She is like, uh yeah, she, I, I don't know. I, I wish I could stop the sort of gay habit of saying everything is she, but Miss COVID, Miss Miss 19, Miss... Um, I, Prime I, Prime I Prime. refer
1: to myself as a woman all day. So, I mean, I, you're, you're speaking to the wrong person. I, <laughs> I, I, everything is a she as far as I'm concerned as Every, well.
2: Inanimate objects, things that are not gendered, juice, <laughs> things, items, possible. groceries, all of it is gendered I don't know why
1: (laughs) you've done so much in your career like TV stand-up music I mean acting sex appeal just is stand-up you know I mean I would assume that's amongst some of the hardest work is that just the wrong assumption or is that correct having that live audience there
2: actually it's great it's actually um to me it's the most comfortable um it's the most uh experienced that I I can you know, work in. I, I, I love it. And it's something that I really, it's the most familiar to me. I, I mean, I think for some people it's considered the hardest, but I feel like, you know, it's just sort of what I've been doing. So I'm not really sure I've been doing it since I was really young. So I don't really know, but um, I love it all. To me, it's all really a different kind of comedy, you know, whether it's like um, acting or stand up or music or, Anything. Um, I love what. What I really love is the uh, um, stand-up comedy to game show pipeline. To me, that's my favorite too. I really love doing that. And um, I lost uh, my uh, game show friend Willie Garson last year. He and I did a show, uh, which my, was my favorite game show to do. It's called Twenty Five Words or Less, which um, Melissa Rivers got us all into. And so it's sad to miss him as a, as a partner in that.
1: Speaking of Melissa Rivers, I assume, you know, I know you, you were close to Joan and like, I assume Joan was one of your, uh, the obvious comedic inspiration that you looked up to.
2: Yes, very much business. so. Very much so. And a good friend and somebody who would have a lot to say, you know, today and forever. And I miss her input on everything that's going on and i think you know it's it's a really um you know it's a sad thing that she's not here for all of this but uh it was great to have her as long as we did and um we miss her all the time
1: i mean you have to wonder you know COVID masks like what joan rivers Cancel culture, what Joan Rivers would say if she were here today. I think she
2: could survive it all. I mean, I think she would um, take masks to a new level of the height of chic, and um, she could make it all funny.
1: I think so, too. How do you, what do you feel? Like when I had Melissa on this show, too, I talked to her about that and cancel culture and what Joan would say. You look at like Judy Gold wrote a book on Yes, I Can Say That. Where where do, where do comedians fall as far as you're concerned in this whole cancel culture world that we live in today?
2: I think it's really, well, like if you look at what cancel culture is, it's just trying to make language fair. Like we're trying to let people who are underrepresented have a voice. That's what cancel culture is at its core. It's trying to equalize the playing field of language so we can look to society as more of an egalitarian experience. That's all it is but um, people use the idea of it to say that it's censorship, but it's not what it is. Is like, well, we're trying to censor our own biases. We're trying to censor our own ideas about racism, about sexism, about homophobia, about transphobia. These conversations needed to happen. They've been needing to happen for a long time, Um, but society's changing so quickly that It seems as if we're trying to censor everything, but it's really it's not true. And I think like with comedians, you just have to have a lot of skill in order to navigate what people uh, feel okay laughing about and also challenge that. So I think it really takes um, some kind of nuance and understanding of nuance and sensitivity and an understanding of what's actually going on.
1: That makes a lot of sense. What about like, you know, where TV is today? You know, you talk about like All-American Girl, like I brought up, like it would have been a different show today. You know, you look at like Fresh Off the Boat, like Blackish, the new Wonder Years, like Ryan Murphy with Pose. Like, do you think, you know, like, do you think we've come to where we've come far? What, what, what's What do you think is the current state of representation on TV and like in the media these days?
2: It's starting. Like, I think it's starting. There's like more of a broad idea of, what we understand as entertainment and what we understand as um, getting into something like everybody was super into Squid Game, which was a Korean drama in Korean language. I mean, you could watch it subtitled, but I mean, not subtitled dubbed, which actually wasn't as good because they weren't actually always doing the right translations oh, <laughs> as somebody really? who Korean. Like, oh, that's not exactly what it is. But, you know, you you sort of accept it for what it is. But that was the number one show for, for the entire world. And so BTS is the number one band in the world. We're understanding that we can have an idea of entertainment as being global. And that's also accepting the diversity within America, where Asian-Americans now are, you know, a big part of what we consider America. So it's like... Time that we got to represent that in entertainment—that
1: makes sense. Because I live in New York City, and when BTS is in town, it is not even forget Michael Jackson, forget Madonna, forget whoever, Britney. It is literally the city is like shut down, <laughs> like ep- of epic proportions. I've like yeah. never seen anything like it. It is insane. I
2: know. I know.
1: It is insane. Is there a part of this business, like you've done so much, like I just met you, like, is there a part of this business like you still like really want to try that you haven't conquered? Um, I
2: in? I think that like um, there, there's a lot more producing that I'd like to do. I have um, started to do some more of that, like getting, getting into that. I mean, I love that world of it. And um, just seeing, I, I love the, uh, experience of podcasting I love the experience of going out there and doing live shows so to me it's like even like doing live shows is almost like a new thing now like because we haven't done it for a couple of years or or I I was doing them last year but we just sort of just started again so it just felt like was like start and now stop so um it's still gonna always feel new I think but I love like the idea of um, doing things behind the camera. I, I, that was, that's very nineties things. Like I just want to direct.
1: <laughs> that is a nineties thing, right?
2: So nineties.
1: But you know, I mean, did it feel like riding a bike when you started back on the road after that break in COVID or was it just like, yes. oh, thank God.
2: Yes, it was really, um, for me, it was like a very exciting thing to just go back to it. Cause it's like, no time was lost and everybody was so excited to be out. So it's a new chapter of like trying to figure out like when we can go back out and do it and really feel like it's it's going to last, just going to stay. Um, but I also love like the new technology that has happened, exploded during the pandemic. Like TikTok is amazing. I just started it last summer and um, all the kids from uh, the movie Fire Island that I did last summer got me into it and I was just so obsessed. And so that to me is like, it's a whole world of entertainment that I didn't understand before. Like I thought it was just dances. There's so much more. So I love that.
1: What do you, what did, did it take you a minute to get used to TikTok? Or was it like, I'm still not where you are. I, I've tried, but everyone keeps telling me that's the next step for me. Like you got to get on TikTok.
2: Well, it's like what it does is the algorithm really is very smart and it's smarter then we realize because it shows you what you're interested in before you even know you're into it. Like it'll show you, oh, this is, you'll, you'll love this. Cause it really, it tracks your micro expressions, I think. So whatever you're reacting to or whatever videos you watch, or you seem to enjoy and you like, then it'll serve you more of that and more that other people like that kind of like that one. It's so intelligent in its way that I really buy into it and I love it. So I, I really am very fond of so many creators on there. And I have a lot of my uh, little lane that I've carved out for myself as I tell 60-second uh, stories about the 90s.
1: The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Does everyone know who they're spending Valentine's Day with? Let's set the scene. You have your dinner, your wine, throw in a few cocktails, even throw in dessert. And then after dinner, come on, we all want a little alone time with that special someone. Am I right? Well, guys, you know you want to be prepared. And ladies, you know you want your man to be prepared. That's why you need manscaped. And ladies, listen, rather than have that awkward conversation with your date, husband, boyfriend. Get a Manscaped for Valentine's Day. Giving Manscaped as a gift kind of speaks for itself. They're the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. The number one product? Well, that's the Lawn Mower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin, and nothing works better. And they have the Weed Whacker for nose and ear hair. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code VELVET at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped. Dot com and use code velvet join cupid and shoot your arrow with manscaped this valentine's day it is so freaking cold this winter in new york city and my skin has been so dry and so dehydrated that is until i discovered way Whey. way's new body cream and body cleanser is amazing it's hydrating, it's skin softening, and it comes in the iconic Way fragrance, Melrose Place. It's only the best TV show ever, but listen, the smell is so good. It has notes of bergamot, lychee, cedarwood, and white musk, and it works so fast. It nourishes your skin when you need it most, and it prevents dryness. I don't know what I would do without my Way Melrose Place. Listen, experience the new Way Melrose Place body cream and body cleanser. Your body your way. Go to t h e o u a i dot com and use code Velvet Robe to get fifteen percent off your entire purchase. That's fifteen percent off your entire order at t h e o u a i dot com. Code Velvet your skin. will thank you later. If you're anything like me, you get bored with your workouts so quickly. Well, the Peloton bike and bike plus are rigging in the new year with so much new, new classes, new music, and new ways to keep your workouts fun and motivating. I love that Peloton has added boxing. And even if you've never boxed before, these classes are awesome. They help you work up the sweat while working on the fundamentals of form, footwork, and fun combos. I love that the daily workouts have such variety. The best thing I like about Peloton is the new artist series music selections. You can work out to music of a single artist for an entire class, but Peloton also has rock, pop, hip-hop, EDM. Now, for a limited time, try the Peloton app free for 12 months, then $12.99 a month after. New members only. Visit onepeloton.com app to learn more. That's two months free at O- N-E-P-E-L O-T-O-N dot com. The offer expires 131.22. Terms apply. I stare at my smile all day doing these Zooms recording this podcast, and I love it. But what I don't love is the toxic ingredients in most dental care products. They're not good for my health or my teeth. I want products that are best for my oral health and products made with natural ingredients. That's why I use Lumino. Lumino makes toothpaste mouthwash, and whitening products that actually help your oral health instead of hurting it. Everything they use is certified non-toxic. Luminose whitening strips are super effective and perfect for sensitive teeth. It only takes 30 minutes to apply and you'll see results in seven days. Listen, I've got the before and after picks to prove it, and I love how my smile feels and looks, and I know you'll love Lumino as much as I do too. Get 15% off your order today by going to getlumino.com velvet and use code velvet. That's G-E-T-L-U-M-I-N-E-U-X dot com velvet. Code velvet to save 15%. Getlumino.com velvet. I'm not such a great cook and I find cooking even harder when I also want to eat well and healthy. Well, guess what? None of that matters anymore because I found Green Chef. With fresh produce, premium proteins, and organic ingredients you can trust, Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Their pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices make it so easy. I personally turn to Green Chef because they have carb-conscious and calorie-conscious options, but they cover it all, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free. That's right. I can keep going. Green Chef has it all. And you avoid the long lines at the grocery store, Green Chef is delivered right to your door with easy-to-follow recipes. Go to greenchef.com velvet130 and use code VELVET130 to get $130 off plus free shipping that's right go to greenchef.com velvet 130 and use code velvet 130 to get 130 dollars off plus free shipping as valentine's day quickly approaches i think of love and romance and everything else and that's what makes me think of dipsy Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories, and now they even have brand new written stories. No matter who you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy Helps brings the stories to life anytime, anywhere. Trust me, I was like, let me just listen to this for a few minutes. Oh my god, you get sucked into these stories. I was just listening to a girl who was getting a tattoo, and well, I mean, her and the tattoo artist, I'm sure you could imagine what happens next. So close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only good things happen and pleasure is your only priority. Explore your fantasies in a safe, shame-free way. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com velvet. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash velvet. .com slash velvet. I have to tell you about a new nutritional product that I started using called athletic greens. Now I started taking athletic greens because I wanted better gut health. I wanted more energy and I wanted to optimize immune system. Well, let me tell you what I love best about athletic greens is it's easy. I personally don't have, didn't have, and never will have time for any nutritional product that is complicated, to use. So here's the thing, athletic greens, you take one scoop and you add eight ounces of water. And that's all you need. Also, the other thing I love about athletic greens, it actually tastes great. And it's inexpensive. It costs less than $3 a day. Also, I love it. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMO. So there's no nasty chemicals or anything artificial to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com velvet. Again, that's athleticgreens.com velvet to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Do you guys do what I do every January? First, you think about the year prior of all the things you didn't accomplish that you wanted to. Then you make a bunch of New Year's resolutions and as soon as you break them, you feel bad about yourself. Well, get out of your mind. Let me tell you, therapy can help you learn to be kinder and gentler to yourself and help you move forward. I have to tell you guys about Talkspace. Talkspace has been a miracle for me. First of all, they match you with a licensed therapist that you can connect with not only from your computer, but from your phone anywhere on the go. I also love that Talkspace focuses on your schedule. They fit your schedule, not the other way around. With live chat, video, and audio sessions, you could easily fit mental health into your daily routine. I also love that your information is extremely private and it's just between you and your therapist. Listen, Talkspace can help you with Anything, anxiety, depression, self-doubt, make your mental health more than just another New Year's resolution with Talkspace. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code VELVET at signup. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code VELVET. Bring it on, bring it on. What about where does dancing where the stars fall? You know, we talk about stand up being difficult. Like, is that just one of the most difficult things you've ever done in your career? Yes. It's
2: so hard. Oh my God. There's a reason why hard. athletes really excel on that show because they're really used to the punishing schedule of like being on your feet and working and dancing. And I was like, hopeless. It was so hard for me. Um, I had a great partner and I, uh, I really enjoyed, um, the, the spectacle of it in the live television. That's also like a very unique thing to do. It's a very rare thing to do. So I I love that, but it was physically very demanding.
1: Seems like, and I've talked to other people that have been on it who have all, I mean, it seems like it'd be hard. Yeah. Um, And then Jennifer Gray, the girl from dirty dancing goes on to win it. So, I mean, you know, Damn that Jennifer Grey, right?
2: She's so good. She's such a, she's a great dancer and a great, great person. And, um, you know, really a lot of fun to hang out with. And somebody that I I really admire also, just as, just as a, this is a fine, fine lady. So it's a really, um, it's a really interesting show to be part of its own culture. Um, when I was on it, this was like 2011 and all the dancers had, um, really embellished pockets on their boot cut jeans so when they would sit down on metal chairs all you would hear was like the scratching of rhinestone on metal it was like you <laughs> like that like <sighs> sound so funny it was so funny because there was just so much embellishment on it em- like you can't just be like a ballroom dancer you have to also carry that rhinestone into daily life with you
1: you got to love the costumes right
2: yeah the costumes were really fun
1: what about The Poodle on *Mass Singer? That's another one that looks, I mean, that, that was, was really funny. fun. Yeah.
2: That was really fun. I love singing and um, I got to sing uh, some really great songs from Pat Benatar and um, Cyndi Lauper. And I was really excited to just be singing. And um, when you're in the head, the... The acoustics of it are different, so you're really. also trying to like measure how your voice is going to sound outside of it. They don't give you any kind of help with the microphone. There's no auto tune or any kind of there's no no like like resonance or you know any kind of thing that they give you. So you're you're coming from a place of not really understanding like how your voice is going to sound outside the mask. It's a very dry microphone, um, and uh, I I mean it's, it's a really special show. And what I love about it is that everybody can agree on it. Like it's one of those things that is very secular. I think what we love as a nation is a really secular entertainment where we're not going to fight. I think that's why we love sports. And then this is a kind of continues on with the sort of sports thing of like, it's very secular. It's very like We're going to pull our politics out of it. We're going to pull our religion out of it. We're going to pull all this thing out of it. We're just going to like focus on skill. And that's what these shows really sort of do their business really well in.
1: And it takes your, like you said, like, we're not going to fight over it. It takes your mind off what's going on in the world. And like, I think people need that escape these days.
2: Yes. It's very old fashioned in a way that we're kind of like looking towards, like maybe um, an older sort of like, form of entertainment where we're not bringing identity into it as much, um, which sometimes identity can be exhausting. And, and that's why we need things like this.
1: Absolutely. What about the VH1, the Cho show? Would you ever do a different form of reality TV in today's I would love age?
2: to. I would love to. I had such a great time doing that show and with my family and everybody, we, we just loved it. And um, it was really unique and really different. And I still work um, with Rico Martinez who I created the show with. Now we're doing another project, which is totally different. And so, and it's not in reality at all. So this is like a different thing. Um, you know, I tend to collaborate with the same people. I still tend to work with the same people over and over. And so I'm really grateful to continue my relationship with him, but we, we love doing that show.
1: If there was a reality show. If you know, if there was a reality show today about you, what do you what do you envision that would entail?
2: I would really, I would love to be a real housewife, but I would have to be married. <laughs> I don't want to be married. Well, none of our well, they're actually they're all divorced, pretty much. <laughs> so, I was
1: just gonna say, you know, not really. No one's married these days, and I mean,
2: yeah. It's what, so fun.
1: What city would you join if you had to join a current existing city? Um.
2: Well, the classic is Beverly Hills, right? So that that's the one. Um. And uh, I've done quite a few things. Um. With Lisa Vanderpump, maybe I would be on like one. Of, one of like, I I just did a thing with like, Overserved, which is where you're going to her house and meeting her swans and her ponies. Oh yeah. So. It's really fun. So I, I I love all of that.
1: Maybe you could be part-time Beverly Hills housewife, part-time like something with Vanderpump rules, you know. That
2: would be fabulous.
1: Just talk to Lisa and she'll work you into the Vanderpump Empire.
2: I love it.
1: Are you, do you have guilty pleasures? Like what are your guilty pleasures? Like do you watch housewives? Do you watch other, oh, what TV shows do you watch?
2: My guiltiest pleasure is um, Stacy and Darcy, Darcy and Stacy. It's a, oh, yeah, <laughs> any of the 90 day, spin-offs, but I mean I like before the 90 days. Of course I love like old school like 90 day fans. I could just sit there and watch for day for 90 days, literally. Like watch I love all of the 90 day everything. Um but my favorites probably are Darcy and Stacy. I'm kind of obsessed with them because I and I saw um Stacy and Florian really um, um, when I was filming, I was in Brooklyn and I was filming um, Fire Island and uh, I saw them on the street and I, I actually stopped and took a photo, but I was shaking so much I couldn't get the photo right. And then I didn't want them to see me taking a weird photo like that they didn't know. <laughs>
1: like, so you didn't even say hi to them? You just like took a photo no, of them?
2: I took a photo of them, but I was so shaking so hard I didn't even get them in the frame.
1: That is hilarious
2: so weird and stalker and then I felt weird and stupid that I'm like sitting in front of like the Hoxton hotel trying to get a photo of Florian and Stacey but I was just so nervous and I I'm like that is so weird and creep I'm like creeping so I had to stop then I walked away
1: could have just gone up, you know they could have introduced yourself you know I should
2: have I said I'm like you know what I'm globally famous (laughs) I really need you to know that I'm I'm also famous. No, no, I really am. I'm kind of obsessed with both of them and um, their stories and also uh, 90 Day Fiance.
1: I love it. What about, you know, one of the things you and I have in common I have to bring up is the first concert, the first album ever. This is where I date myself, but the Go-Go's have fundamentally yes. shaped my musical existence as a human being as well. I know we share that.
2: I love them. I love them. And um, so exciting that they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And um, yeah, my first concert was uh, the Vacation Tour, which was at the Great Theater in San Francisco and Berkeley. Um, And I've seen them so many times in different capacities over the years and can count them as friends. They're really phenomenal.
1: I was just going to say, what is it like being friends with Belinda Carlisle?
2: She's awesome. And she's so and her son is so great. And they're just incredible. Like the I, I, I love all of them. I've written songs with Shane. I've gotten to interview all of them. I've, um, you know, just like gotten to know them over the years. And I'm really I'm just a huge fan. And I, I think that they've done so much for women in music and they just are amazing
1: the beauty and the beat album is like, I mean, I think there's not one word that I don't know that I could tell you. In my opinion.
2: So good. So good. And I mean, I think, uh, you know, the whole story of them having to like take the towels back, the towels were like <laughs> bought and then returned because they couldn't afford costumes in it, but it was such an iconic look. Um, So playful and it kind of 60s, like it had like that girl group 60s thing, but at the same time, very elegant, but also punk rock.
1: And it came in two different colors. It was like the blue and then they had like an alternative like peach.
2: Yes, so great, so great.
1: Would you ever want to host your own talk show when we talk about things you haven't done, like a full hour Margaret, the, the Margaret Cho show?
2: I would love that. I mean, I think like it's really something that it would be really special and it would be really fun. And I love um, shows like Dinah Shore and those kinds of like show. I would, I would love to have like Dr. Joyce brothers on or something. I guess the equivalent now would be maybe Dr. Sue Johansson, somebody like that. Um, And I, I mean, I just, I love like talk shows and I also love like Dick Cavett, like all of those older shows where you got to see sort of like the grand dams of Hollywood people like Catherine Hepburn and um, everybody like, he would have like Elaine Delon and John and Yoko and everybody, it was really incredible.
1: I can totally see this. Yes. Well, in addition to this starring role in Sex Appeal on Netflix, you've been in so many of my, you've made appearances in so many of my other favorite TV shows, but talk to me about 30 Rock. I mean, that has to be a career high being nominated for an Emmy
2: oh yes that was really special and um i love tina Faye and i love working with her and uh, fortune feimster and i actually did a pilot um for tina before uh she was actually doing two pilots simultaneously she was doing the unsinkable kimmy schmidt and cabot college which uh fortune and i did and um so you know we worked together on that and you know tina is just an incredible writer, incredible producer, incredible actor, and just such a great comedian and comedic voice. And so I, I love being on that show. And, and I, I feel like, you know, something like that is just so eternal. That's great to go back.
1: What was that pilot about with you and Fortune? James
2: it was about um, a f- traditionally female college that was finally going um, to admit men. And it was for the first class of men going through um, a women's school, and so it, it was really, it was really like a fun, um, a, another sort of coming of age story, but in a sort of different sensibility. But it was really, it was a great, it was a great, great project.
1: Were you and Fortune going to play professors?
2: Uh, yeah. Well, uh, Fortune was um, like the. I guess the RA or she was like the house, she was, she's sort of like,
1: like the dead mother.
2: Yeah. She was like house dorm monitor, or whatever, but she's so perfect that, and probably physical education. And I was
1: uh, the dean. Was Could really someone good. please like find that on some shelf, <laughs> so, wherever that is, and just come it's on. It's
2: so funny. I know. It was so good.
1: I mean, sex appeal, you know, it's Hulu, maybe who, you know, we can yeah. make this all happen with... So great. What about you also in sex in the city were you were you waiting for your phone to ring from your friend SJP for and just like that?
2: I would love to. I mean, I think like it's um to me uh yeah. I I I would love I would love to be a part of the the new one. So we'll see. Um I,
1: have have you watched it yet?
2: I haven't. I'm like saving it so that I can watch it all like I had to do the same thing with Succession. Like I had to watch the entire th- I can't have breaks. I have to watch it In like the 10 hour block.
1: So kind of the same way. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned Belinda and her son, who is very politically active in the community, like as a member of the community myself, you know, thank you. You've been such an advocate. Thank
2: you. Way from the start. Yes.
1: What, you know, listen, it's so easy for people in the public eye, like that are famous not to do anything. Just that's not you.
2: No, I think it's important because, I mean, there's so many things to talk about. There's so many people to sort of talk about and to talk with. And, you know, for me being a queer Asian-American feminist um, who's, you know, been around the community since the 70s, like I, I have so much to say and so much to offer and so much to learn, too. So it's good to be here.
1: Well, thank you for that. Thank you. For sex appeal, I mean, you have so many funny scenes with Fortune Feimster, but did you interact with Paris Jackson at all? I have to ask.
2: No, I never got to see her. We were all shooting in different sections of the movie. So we never got to hang out. We were hoping that because we were going to have a big premiere um, in L.A. this week. But of course, with uh, everything happening with Omicron, we had to sort of like not do that. But, um, you know, I'm a fan and I I just wish that we could have had scenes together, but we never got to.
1: That was that would have been funny. She's so great. What is it like working with Fortune, Team Star?
2: She's hilarious. I mean, it's also very familiar because it's like, oh, we've done so many things together. So it's like a very, it, it's very normal to go and see her at work. Like I always work with her, or like Wanda Sykes, or you know Rebecca Henderson, or you know they're they're just actors that I take such joy with getting to work with and I'm very familiar with.
1: If you could work with like any actor or actress, just, you know, any genre, who would it be?
2: Um, Gosh, uh, you know who I love is Deborah Carr. I'm in a big Deborah Carr kick. She's dead, but she was so amazing. Like I just want, I've done like a, like a big Portland Pressburger thing, just watching like the Red Shoes and um, Black Narcissus. Um, She's a beautiful film. I also would have loved to work with Montgomery Clift and Elizabeth Taylor, okay. which I, ju- I, I just watched um, Suddenly Last Summer yesterday. And it's such a crazy movie. Like after watching A Place in the Sun, that's a good double feature. A Place in the Sun and um, Suddenly Last Summer. You get to see the trajectory of Montgomery Clift and Elizabeth Taylor's relationship over time. And it's quite phenomenal. As a hag myself, to see the, the ages of the hag and their, their, their incredible pairing throughout the years, um, you know, Montgomery Clift is incredible. I love I loved, uh, I haven't seen the new Nightmare Alley, but the, the old one, uh, the Tyron Power one is also incredible with Joan Blondell, who's really awesome. So I get, uh, I, I think like any of these old movie stars, I think would be the best, but definitely um, Elizabeth Taylor, Montgomery Clift, Deborah Carr. Old school. Yes.
1: Well, everyone needs to check out Sex Appeal. Like I said, I watched it. I loved it. It's, maybe there'll be a second one. I hope so. Let me just put that out into the universe. That would be great. Before we wrap up, if you were to now look back, like we started, where you began, like what advice would you give your early self just starting out, looking back?
2: I think just don't worry too much about anything. And that like, you know, everything happens as it's supposed to happen and just try to enjoy it. Like I- Was always so worried when I was younger um, about what life would look like now. And I'm really like, you know, I really didn't need to worry so much.
1: Kind of all works out, right?
2: Yes, it does.
1: Well, listen, you are an icon. I have wanted to talk to you for a very long time. So I really appreciate you taking your time. Love this new film. Love your entire career. Listen, this is my job, but sometimes there are people I speak to where it's personal. So I just want to say thank you for doing this.
2: Oh, well, thank you.
1: And is there anything else you want to share that I left out? I'd like to give people a chance at the end, like that I didn't cover. Anything else you'd like to plug no, people, or to chat people about? people can
2: um, find me on 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 TikTok at TheMargaretCho, also on Instagram at Margaret underscore Cho, and on Twitter, uh, MargaretCho. And margaretcho.com is where you can find out about where I'll be performing and everything. But thank you.
1: I love it. I'll share all the links. Thank you so much for doing this. Have a great day and keep in touch.
2: Thank you. Take care. Bye.
1: Bye.